Thank you. I've really been blessed by everything that's happened here today. For those of you who are clock watchers, I will be going a little bit short today so that uh, you don't go over by 15 minutes. It's 12.15 and he's just getting up. I'm a clock watcher, so that's for all you people that are clock watchers. But I appreciate especially um, what Malcolm shared and Bonnie and Andrea, because that's people other than me sharing their experience, not only this year, but in their life, the way that God speaks to each one of us through the good times and through the bad. And so it's a reflective time, uh, much like Christmas or Easter. Holidays always, to me at least, are reflective. And people are here today that aren't normally here, families back, some of you, well not you, but some of us are traveling and not here, and some of you have family that are here today. So it's always a very interesting holiday. Doesn't that sound beautiful, whatever that is? Two days ago was Thanksgiving, as you know. And I don't know if any of you are like this, but didn't yesterday feel like Sunday or Monday or something? It felt very odd. Thanksgiving means different things to different people. Here is what it means to me. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, the son of a Jewish mother who liked to cook. So Thanksgiving was a special time. Any day or holiday involving food was a special time, and it still is. I also liked Thanksgiving because it was a short week at school. Now, I think many schools now give you the entire week off. That seems ridiculous to me. We got off Thursday and Friday, and that seemed incredible just to get off Thursday and Friday. We started singing over the river and through the woods about this time of year, too. As Miss Martinez mentioned, she liked Christmas music. There's a certain change of the music and the feel in the air and the decorations and so on. We weren't a particularly religious family. As I said, my mother was Jewish. She wasn't a practicing or observant Jew, as they call it. My father was a non-religious nobody. So we never, we never prayed. We never went to church. We never went to temple. We were just good, average, middle-class white people from Columbus, Ohio. But there were three things associated with Thanksgiving that I loved. One, as I mentioned, the two days extra off of school. Two, there were two football games on TV every Thanksgiving. One, Dal- uh, help me Lord, Detroit Lions, 1230. Dallas Cowboys, 4 o'clock. Always. Thanksgiving tradition. Now I know what you kids are saying. Hey, there's three games on. Well, they added one on a few years ago, and they shouldn't have done that because the tradition is two. In my day, we had two games. So now there's three games. Three other than the two days off and the football. The other third thing was the food. Now, I usually got to sleep in on Thanksgiving around 10 o'clock or so. And when I got up, my mom had already been hard at work. I don't even know for how many hours. I'm not sure what time she got up or even if she had ever gone to bed. But I do know that by the time I got up and I went downstairs, there was a turkey in the oven. There was two or three pies on the counter. There was stuffing, which some of you call dressing. I guess it depends on what part of the country you're from. Actually, I've heard that stuffing was inside the bird and dressing wasn't inside the bird. There was mashed potatoes, there was sweet potatoes, there was cranberry sauce, there was salad, and there was 
rolls almost always ready by 10 o'clock in the morning. My mom liked to have Thanksgiving dinner at noon. Anybody else noon people here? Am I the only one? Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. I joined, I met her, I married a woman who liked to eat around two or three in the afternoon. What in the deal is with that? Thanksgiving should be at 12, and if you don't agree with me, go find another church. I'm sorry. We're noon people in this church. Anyway, I didn't mind eating at noon because to me that meant let's eat and now it's time for football, you see. I could eat and then just roll out to the living room where the pigskin was being kicked back and forth on the gridiron. But the one thing that I loved the most about Thanksgiving dinner was a delicacy that I'm not sure where it came from. I'm not sure if any of you have ever eaten it besides me, but my mom made it and it was called creamed peas. Anybody ever eat cream peas? I got a few good people in the church today. Creamed peas, which were essentially frozen peas in a light gravy. Now, they were not blended creamed, but the peas were the intact little peas, but they were kind of like gravied peas, if that's a word, if somebody's been gravied. I'm not sure where they came from, I'm not sure why they were so good, but they were. I remember sitting on the couch watching football pregame and my mom calling us to come in for dinner at noon. We had no time to pray. We had no time to go around the circle and say what we were thankful for. It was time to eat. And this was serious business and I was the CEO of this business. I don't think I ever saw my mom sit down at the Thanksgiving table. She was always constantly running back and forth to refill my plate or the plate of my sisters or my dad, at least until she divorced my dad, and then she no longer had his plate to refill. In fact, that might have been why she divorced him, because he made her run too many times back to the kitchen. I'll never know. We always had my mom's three sisters that never married, what they used to call spinsters or old maids. My mom had three sisters that never married that lived together all their lives in the same house that they were raised in. And they were always there. Christmas, Thanksgiving, every Sunday, my three aunts, Aunt Minnie, Aunt Molly, Aunt Annie, were always there. I was their favorite boy. I'm, I'm not... Ashamed to say that, but they were always there. So they might have been there at Thanksgiving too. And the level, the volume of the conversation was like raised up. If you've ever eaten, you could, you could be clattering, nobody would have even heard it because the, the volume of the conversation was very loud when my, my aunts were around. It was all I could do to eat two or three plates worth of food and then fall out of my chair and collapse on the couch in time for the 1 p.m. kickoff. Now, I don't know how the dishes got done. I don't know how the leftovers got put away. That wasn't my concern. Football was my focus at that time in digesting my food in front of the television. Those were good years. Those were growing up years for me in Columbus, Ohio. And as mentioned by some of the uh, testimonies, I took so much for granted back then the cost of things. I never worried about the cost of things. I used to open the refrigerator and I remember that the doors and everything would constantly be full 
of every conceivable condiment everybody would ever want. Five or six salad dressings, mustard, ketchup, relish. And then when I got my first place when I was 18 and I opened the refrigerator and it was empty. And I thought, my mom bought all that stuff that was in the fridge. And now I've got to buy that stuff. So I never worried about that when I was a kid. I never worried about the cost of anything. I never had to worry about bills. I never had to worry about money. I never had to worry about the future. There's a certain innocence to being a child that children don't realize. It's not until you get older that you realize that there's an innocence to being a child. It's a shame that youth is wasted on young people. Don't you think? Hello, is this section alive over here today? If you're alive, could you raise your hands? Because i got a nurse there, and she can go around and check some blood pressures if we need to. You guys alive over here? How about this section? Thank you. Thank you. So here I was on Thanksgiving with my family. They were dysfunctional. At times, we yelled at each other. We hated each other. Many times, it was tense around the table, but they were all I had. And at the time, I didn't know any better. It was only later that I realized my family was dysfunctional. The yelling, the fighting. Both of my sisters moved out as soon as they turned 18. They were both older than me. As soon as they turned 18, one of them got married and moved out. The other one just moved out. Left me alone with my divorced mother. She was like 45, and I thought, well, Mom, you got me. This is it, right? But that was it. That was our family. That was all we had. And as I reflect on it, one of the things that I think about is that all of that is gone now. Everything I just told you, it's all gone. I, looking back, I wonder, how many turkeys have I, have I eaten in my life? How many complete birds have I personally digested at Thanksgiving? How many rolls have I eaten? How many pumpkin pie pieces, how many helpings of stuffing or dressing or whatever you call it, how many or how much of cream peas have I eaten? It's all gone now. My parents divorced, as I mentioned, when I was 11. My two older sisters moved out. One got married at 18 to escape the mayhem. My my other sister followed suit when she was 18. My dad died in 1998. My mother's gone now too. She died in 2003. The saddest thing for my mother was that after 40 or 50 years of smoking, she had developed emphysema. And so she had trouble breathing. And so for about the last five years of her life, she couldn't really stand up for very long, which meant she couldn't cook because you have to stand in the kitchen to work, which means she lost one of her greatest pleasures, which was to cook. She loved to cook. It gave her great pleasure to cook. She and I were a great team. She loved to cook. I loved to eat. It was a beautiful, laurel and hearty, spaghetti and meatballs type of combination. She's gone now too. Everything changes. Everything slips away. My stepfather, Harold, who my mom married when I was 14, kept the house that I was raised in after my mom died, and I used to go visit him, and I could still sleep in my old room. He sold the house in 2006, and that was almost harder than when my mother died because now I had nowhere to go when I went back to Columbus. My house, 
My home was gone. Harold, my stepfather, died last year at the age of 91. Now I have no family left in Columbus. Just as Barbara Streisand said, misty watercolored memories of the way we were. The only thing left in Columbus that I still care about is the Ohio State Buckeyes. And they are playing today. And they are playing right now against that team up north whose name shall not be spoken. <laughs> you see, Thanksgiving is one of those times, one of those moments, one of those holidays on when you reflect on what's better, what's worse, or what's different since last Thanksgiving. It's a time to reflect and to remember, to laugh together, to cry together, to give thanks, and yet, above all those things, the constant, no, not the love of God, football. Everything passes away. Everything changes. Nothing lasts forever, including all of us in this room. Now, I know I'm not speaking any great truth you've never heard. I'm just saying this is what I thought about as I was putting this together. There is someone here in this room, in this church, who is dealing with their first thanksgiving since a loved one has passed away. I don't know who it is. I'm saying in a, in a room this size, there has to be somebody that's lost their mother, their father, their wife, their husband, their favorite aunt, their grandmother. There's somebody here that had a Thanksgiving without a loved one that last Thanksgiving was here. There's an empty chair at the table this year, which makes, which makes the holiday bittersweet. There was someone here celebrating their first Thanksgiving in a new way, since they got married or since they had a baby. The table is fuller and louder. Families grow. They shrink. My wife and I personally, since last Thanksgiving, we've gained a grandson and we've gained a new daughter-in-law. So that's how much the world has changed for us in the past year. And by next Thanksgiving it'll change again for us. Us. Families grow. They shrink. Tears are cried. Laughter is shared. We get older. We get gray. We gain weight. We lose weight. We gain weight. Everything comes and goes. As Joni Mitchell said, pleasure moves on too early and trouble leaves too slow. Just when you're thinking you finally got it made, bad news comes knocking at your garden gate. Everything slips away. I know what you're saying. Preacher, why did you become a Debbie Downer? What's going on? So I got to leave you with something good. Everything changes. Everything slips away. Almost everything. So I need to preach for a minute. The eternal love of God never changes. The peace that passes all understanding never changes. So is it all right to read my Bible in church? Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always, again I will say, rejoice. 
Let your reasonableness, this is an English Standard Version, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts in minds in Christ Jesus. So in the midst of the changing world, in the midst of someone who has died since last year, in the midst of Vani talking about moving 20 or 30 times, in the midst of Andrea talking about her cancer coming back, in the midst of Malcolm mentioning that he lost his job twice in one year, in the midst of the things that you could have stood up and said and testified about, in the midst of all the changing things, there is one thing that is unchanging. And somebody on this side better say amen. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Levine. You saved that whole side from washing dishes. The amen and the raise sign with William helping you, there was a little chorus right over there. I was going to put you guys on dishes detail. Thankfully for you, we don't have a meal this week. But I would have, rem I would have remembered. If everything of this earth is destined to pass, the people, the families, the meals come and go, of course, then we would be smart to do two things. Two things. Two things. One, enjoy each and every meal while you can. Laugh while you can. Hug the people you love. Settle the stupid arguments. Let the past go. Don't sweat the small stuff. Tell people that you love, that you love them while you can, because this day will pass. Someday the cream peas will be taken off the table. And that'll be a tragic thing. You'll say, donde esta la cream peas? And someone will say, they in la cocina. No mas. One, enjoy each and every meal while you can. Two, be thankful for the only thing that does not pass, and that is the love of God. The blessings of the presence of the Holy Spirit and the peace of God which transcends all understanding can be yours. So cling to these things. Because in the midst of a changing world, the only thing you can hang on to, one hand is the people you love, and two is the unchanging hand of God. And above all these things, be thankful and pass the cream peas. I uh, want to say that I'm thankful for you as my church family. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my wife and my two children and my grandson. I'm thankful for living in this great country. I'm thankful for many things. And I just pray that as we go forward, for me, that I will walk with God, I will be strong in my faith, I will hold tight to His hand, and I would pray that same thing for you. Next week, thank you, Levine, next week we're going to enter into the Christmas season, so hang on to your stress level, get plenty of water and sleep, because the next month is always stressful, no matter how many times we try not to, between the parties and the gift exchanges and all of those things. So be at peace with God and know that He loves you and we celebrate His birth together. So let's give thanks now as we pray. Lord, we give thanks for Christ, for this beautiful day, for this world in which we live.
for the ability to be your hands and feet and to make a difference. Jesus said that he came to give us life, and that life a more abundant life. So we want to claim that and live a full, joyful life. To not dwell on, on the bad, but to allow him to pull us up and to be of service to others. So Lord, bless us. Thank you for this service today and all the wonderful things that I was able to hear and sing about. We just praise you, Lord, for all these things in Christ's name. Amen.